Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I'm your author, as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts and videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is one that is listed in the guidebook for you guys to listen to if you want to hear some fun stories about the roads you'll be driving on getting to the one-day adventure you selected from the guidebook. The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone Park and a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park. So, if you're thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation and you want some more information, simply listen to my introduction podcast, Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, or you can watch the YouTube video of the same name. There, you will find my family's history and my knowledge of the park and how easy the guidebook is to use, how it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone Park down into manageable bites or areas that you can easily and enjoyably do in a single day, and in the Planning Your Yellowstone Vacation chapter, how the guidebook helps you save time by beating all the crowds to all the top sites, and also how to save hundreds if not thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining. And I highly recommend all of you join our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you can see hundreds of sparkling reviews for the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time in Yellowstone Park with the help of the guidebook. To get your copy, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for for 25 bucks, and I write a personal note to everybody who buys one and throw a cool Yellowstone sticker in there as well. And we have some combo deals on there that uh, help save a lot of money, and those are very, very popular. But everybody beware that we only print off a thousand paperback copies every year to do our part to help save the environment and all that yada yada. I mean, guys are visiting a national park, albeit so. And so we sold out in 2023. This is 2024, uh, about August 10th last year. And of course, as our popularity grows, we'll sell out earlier than that this year in 2024. So if you want a paperback copy, get it ordered ASAP. And also on there, we're getting ready to have our new Explore Yellowstone store on there. We can guys get some really cool t-shirts as well as some trucker hats and all that yada yada. So, all right, let's get started. And you guys got to remember, the guidebook is the cake for your Yellowstone vacation. These podcasts are simply getting you to the one day adventure like you chose like today we're going to get you guys are going to go watch geysers go off and this podcast covers the section of road from madison junction down to old faithful but once you get to old faithful the podcast stop and the guidebook starts, and then the guidebook tells you what to how to go do it, how to work the geyser basin, and all that. This podcast just enables me to tell you guys some fun stories about the section of road you're driving on, and there's a couple of people get killed in this one, and so it's always interesting to hear people get killed in Yellowstone Park, and there are some of those in this in this podcast. So this is just a place for a venue for me to tell you guys some fun stories. Remember, the guidebook's the cake. The podcast are just a little icing on that cake with some sprinkles on her. So, and by the way, if you guys want to see a video of this, I will post a video on our YouTube page, which uh, kind of shows a map of Yellowstone Park behind me, and I'll be pointing everything out and all that. It's kind of a shortened version of this podcast. And I think I'm going to combine all the way from Westgate to Madison Junction and the Madison Junction to Old Faithful so you guys can actually see me talking about this opposed to on a podcast. But it'll be kind of the shortened version. So, with all that said, let's get rolling with this podcast. And this is 
Madison Junction to Old Faithful. We're not going to get into the geysers there. We're going to get you to Old Faithful and all the stuff to see on this 14, 15 mile long section of road. But there is more stuff to do between Madison Junction and Old Faithful than the rest of the park combined. This is just the most action-packed section of road. You just won't believe all the stuff you could do. You could spend two or three days up and down this section of road seeing and doing everything before you even get Old Faithful and start watching the geysers go off. I'm telling you, this is a great section of road. Absolutely a ball. There's tons of stuff to do in here. So let's get started and start covering all that stuff. Madison Junction to Old Faithful. Here we go. Probably come as a huge shock to a lot of you people that have listened to me in my other podcasts and some of them, all the crazy stories I tell that I'm a, a huge uh, classical music aficionado. So I bet very few of you guys would ever have uh, believed that one. So, but uh, that is the truth. All right. So we're starting at Madison Junction. I don't care how you get to Madison Junction. Hopefully you're coming from the West Yellowstone Gate, coming in that way because that's where y'all want you guys to stay to access everything quickly and easily. And this is just another example. I mean, you're 14 miles from the West Gate to Madison Junction, and then all the action starts immediately from Madison Junction. So you're just right there. You're so close to all the action from West Yellowstone. You hit that Madison Junction, and boom, everything starts happening immediately. Whether you go north of the canyon or south to Old Faithful, everything's right there. So just another reason to make the West Yellowstone or the West Yellowstone area your home base for your Yellowstone vacation. So right there at Madison Junction, you're going to turn right or go south, and in about a block, I mean, literally, the road will drop down and you're going to cross over the Gibbon River. And the Gibbon River um, is kind of an interesting story. The Gibbon River starts back upstream up about a few miles short of the canyon area at a lake called Greb Lake. Greb Lake's not worth seeing. you got to walk over there to it and hike over there to see it and everything else. And It's not. It's a pretty walk, but it's, there's a ton of better hikes than that one. But uh, Greb Lake is the headwaters for the Gibbon, and the Gibbon is the longest continuous river in the United States. It starts up there at Greb Lake, comes winding down through there, comes in on your left and goes under your right, and right off to your right, you really can't see it. It's kind of a neat little spot over there, but the confluence, the fire hole, which we're getting ready to see comes off that around that hill over there to your right, which is Park Mountain, which is a great story. The reason it's named Park Mountain is the story of the three brothers, and I tell that in the guidebook. Everybody should listen to the story of the three brothers, and it's written in depth in the guidebook. It's a very important piece of the puzzle, or the most important piece of the puzzle in getting Yellowstone Park named the world's first national park, and they camped at the base of Park Mountain. But it meets in with a fire hole, and that starts the Madison. Madison goes into the Missouri, and Missouri goes into the Mississippi, and it finally, you know, zooms down by New Orleans. But it goes like a big curly cue all the way around, making it the longest continuous river in the United States. Once you cross over the Gibbon, the road will kind of start heading up hill a little bit, and immediately on your right, you'll see a turnoff for Firehole Canyon Drive, and you want to take this drive. It's only about three miles long, but there's some really cool stuff to see on Firehole Canyon Drive. And as you go through the gate, there's a little swing gate with two little arms right there. I'll tell you guys a funny story about that stupid swing gate. Back when I was, uh, you know, nine, ten years old, you know, a young teenager and all that kind of stuff, my cousin Freddie was about the only one of us that had a driver's license. You know, we would all go swimming at the Firehole Swimming Area. The Firehole Swimming Area is on this drive on up the road a little bit. And so what he would do is, you know, all these kids would, you know, their parents would give them a few bucks for lunch money and everything else. And so Freddie would steal a bunch of the kids' lunch money. And we would just dogpile about a dozen or 15 kids in this old Fort Jackson travel all we had. And Freddie would be driving us in there. And he'd go, yeah, give me your, some of your money. So we'd go to the hardware store, this old Herc's Hardware Store back in West Yellowstone. And uh, he'd go in there and buy a big padlock and we'd go zooming through the gate and everything else and all these kids are in the back just flying around there's no seat belts in this old thing or anything else and and uh we go into there and we'd go driving through that gate at 7 38 in the morning and we'd get in there early Freddie jump out of, out of Fort Jackson, go back there and pull those arms of that swing gate closed and throw that big-ass padlock on there and then just jump back in the car and drive off. We'd get up there to the Firehole swimming area and uh, just have the whole place to ourselves for hours, you know, until noon or one, until the foresters went around and dug up a big set of bolt cutters, cut that lock off there. You know, the bigger the lock, the longer we had. And, you know, they'd come through there and we're all down there just bombing around, you know, we're all by ourselves and and uh, you know, no, and so the Fort Ranger would come by and he goes, 
God damn, who put that lock on the gate? And I go, you know, Freddie goes, what lock? You know, we, we just came, we came through a little while ago. It's wide open. And, uh, you know, just he was a hellion, man. He's dead. He was just a hellion. He did crap like that all the time. But uh, so you'll go through that little swing gate, go down this little hill, and in about, got 100 yards, the, the road will drop right down to the Firehole River, and the Firehole River will be on your right. And in the guidebook, I tell you guys what you're looking at through here. And this is a great spot. It's it's a fantastic area if you know what you're looking at. And this was one of my favorite stops when I was guiding people in Yellowstone Park. My first stop would be the Three Brothers back up the road a little bit. And then my second stop would be this. And I would get out and I would explain to everybody what, what you're looking at. But in the guidebook for you guys, I explain everything that's going on out in front of you. And if you know what you're looking at, it's a really, really cool cool spot. All right, jump back in the car, and then you're going to drive up the road a little bit. And I mean, within God, you know, two minutes, you're going to be sitting there at Firehole Falls. And uh, pull off, you want to take a picture at Firehole Falls. And be careful as you go through here, because the falls are off to the right, and you got to park to the left. And there's a lot of people not looking where they're going, so kind of keep track of your kids. But a lot of you guys have sent me pictures of you guys standing in front of Firehole Falls. It's a beautiful, easy-to-get-to waterfall. I mean, the parking lot's right there, and the falls are right there, so it's a nice spot. A lot of you guys have taken your family Christmas picture right here, and and uh, sent me a copy of it. I really appreciate you guys doing that. But uh, Firehole Falls is definitely worth the stop. All right, but jump in the car and keep going on up the road. And about oh, another mile, mile and a half, the Firehole River's over on your right, and the road's right there, cut in on and left, just you know hanging off the edge in spots. It's a really, really pretty, pretty drive. And then after about a couple of minutes, the road will swing back to the left a little bit, and uh, you'll see a huge calm spot out in the river out there. And you have now entered the Firehole swimming area. You'll see a couple restrooms on the left. So if anybody needs to use the restroom, these are the closest restrooms to the road you're going to find almost anywhere. There's right there on the left. And there's a couple parking spots right there on the left as well. You can jump out and use those restrooms. And if you guys want, you can walk down there to the Firehole swimming area. So here, I don't get, I'm not going to get into too much in depth about the Firehole swimming area because I cover it in depth in the swimming and hot potting chapter in the guidebook. But uh, if it's open, it usually opens around the July 4th weekend. If you guys want to walk down there and get in the water and put your feet in the water and you don't do any swimming, you can put your feet in the water. The water's warm. It's about 90 degrees year-round because of all the thermal activity upstream, hence the name, the Firehole River. But you guys can go down there and check it all out and everything else. And then there, you can see where people, the cliffs, everybody used to jump in the hole, but that's now illegal and all that stuff. And they got a staircase built down there and all that yada yada. However, the Firehole Swimming Area has been basically closed for the last five years, except for a few weeks in the fall of 2022. But in the guidebook, I've got an entire chapter of swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park. And I get you guys to some fantastic places that are a lot better than the Firehole Swimming Area anyway. Get you under a huge waterfall with thermally heated water pouring all over you. Get you a bunch of hot pots in Yellowstone Park. There's a great hot pot right up there by Old Faithful, and I tell you how to get to it. And yeah, my little guidebook has turned into the gold standard of swimming and hot potting in Yellowstone Park. And you can go swimming in all the places I list anytime the park is open, anytime. All right, so hop back in the car and keep going. And again, really quick, everything comes up really quickly. In about three or 400 yards, you're going to see the, the main park road come out in front of you, and you'll see a stop sign sitting there. And look to your right, immediately to your right. There's a couple pullouts on your right. I want you to pull over here and park. And just like the start of this firehole drive where I've got a great spot in the guidebook that I want you guys to stop and get out and I'm going to explain to you what you're looking at, I want you to do the same thing here. And this is a great area. This is a very, very seldom seen area that nobody stops at. They just don't know what they're looking at. And this area is kind of right when you're getting ready to get back on the main park road. And, and it's funny, the main park road's right in front of you, but nobody knows this little area back here. But, but I tell you about this really cool area in the guidebook. This is a great spot. And if you look and see old photographs or old albums of Yellowstone Park back at the turn of the century, the 1900s, you'd always see a picture of this spot. It was in a lots of publications back in the day when Yellowstone Park was just getting rolling back in the early 1900s. It was one of the most photographed spots in the park, but nobody ever sees it because it's 
you got to go up fire hole the whole drive drive to get to it. And most people, you can't see it from the road, so most people just drive right by it the, who are even on this section of road. Even though you're 30 or 40 feet from the main park road, you can't get to it from the main park road. And in the guidebook, I tell you guys to be careful. This is kind of a unique, interesting area, but uh, it, it's really got it going on. If you're feeling a little frisky, you guys can get down there and get down into that canyon and have somebody take a cool picture. All right, but that's Firehole Canyon Drive. Then you're going to hit the park road and turn right and go south again. So from about here all the way to Old Faithful, you know, the Firehole River will be meandering off to your right over here in spots and kind of come and go and come and go. But you're about you know 10 miles from here to the actual Old Faithful area. And this used to be called Bear Alley. When I was a kid growing up and going in the park all the time, you could not drive this section of road and not see a bear or multiple bears just up and down through here, just, I mean, constantly. This was called Bear Alley in Yellowstone Park. You guys got to remember, up until like the mid-1970s, it was legal to feed bears in Yellowstone Park. My mother would have a loaf of bread in the car. We would stop coming in from Henry's Lake and stop in West Yellowstone, pick up a loaf of bread just to feed the bears from the car. We'd drive through Bear Alley and you'd go through there, come up, be a big line of traffic and all that stuff, and there'd be a ranger out there trying to keep everybody going. There'd be three or four bears out there and people are feeding them sandwiches from their cars candy bar, everything else. It's, it was it was crazy, but that was the norm. I mean, I tell a great story, and in my West Yellowstone Lodging, Dining, and Entertainment podcast, about how we used to go to the dump right outside of West Yellowstone and turn on the lights in the evening, and everybody there'd be 30 cars out there like a drive-in movie theater. Everybody turned their lights on, and you would watch the bears feed on the trash in the town dump, and God, my, this this bear called Snaggletooth came up, and we're, uh, Uncle Jack's got all these kids in the car, and he this that bear Snaggletooth gets on the hood of my Aunt Rosin's brand new Osmobile Vista Cruiser, and that tears that car apart. And I tell that story, God, it's funny. A lot of you guys have gone to see Snaggletooth in the West Yellowstone Museum just because of that story. It's, it is pretty funny, I gotta admit. But yeah, it was legal to feed bears in the park. And so what happened one day, I was going through there with my cousin Freddie, just me and him, and uh, we were driving through that area right through there. We were on up the road a little bit. So we get in a bear jam, and you know, we're not going to get out and take a picture of the, you know, the 1700th bear we've seen in our lives. You know, we're just trying to go up to mess around Old Faithful and watch Grand go off and go mess around and walk around and have some lunch and drive back, back just looking for something to do for the day. So we're pulling up through there. We're just trying to wait and wait in our line. Everybody's taking pictures and we get up there and there's three or four black bears wandering around there. And so there's a ranger trying to keep an eye on everybody. And there's a guy and people are out of their cars and they're standing right next to these bears. You guys, it's just, it's a, it's so much different than it is today. I mean, now you're supposed to be a hundred yards away from a bear. I mean, these guys are five feet from a bear. So we're sitting there and this Got rangers over there. This bear's climbing on somebody's car. He's trying to get this bear off this car, and this lady's holding a hot dog out trying to feed this bear, and it was just insanity. So we're sitting there, and we're kind of this guy's right out in front of the front fender of the truck over here to the left. I sit there and watch this guy do this. There's a black bear sitting there in the middle of the road. He takes a and this guy, this bear, just sitting there waiting to get fed, like you know, like a dog. He unwraps this baby Ruth candy bar, and he then he throws it on the ground right in front of that bear and that bear goes down there and starts to eat that baby Ruth candy bar. Well, his little son's about five or six years old. He grabs his little son, puts him on the back of that bear like he's riding it and steps back and starts taking pictures. My cousin Freddie, who's the biggest screw up on earth, just starts screaming at this guy. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I was eight or nine years old. This ranger spins around from trying to get that bear off that car and goes, oh my God, and just runs over there and grabs that kid off the back of that bear. And this guy's just, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. And that was it. I, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I got back and told my mom and dad all about that. They just couldn't believe it either. But that was the last year we saw bears in Yellowstone Park. I don't know what was the impetus of it, but you guys can 
just listen to these stories. It had just gotten out of control. I mean, literally out of control. I mean, Haskell Elder was a ranger in Yellowstone Park, and he was really good friends with my father. In fact, Haskell Elder, when he was working in the park, he's the one that would pick me up in the mornings, take me into the gate, drop me off over at the fishing bridge area so I could rent out canoes when I was about seven years old. I worked in the park. My first job in my life was renting out canoes at the fishing bridge area, Uh, and then he'd pick me up at the end of the day, and I did that for four or five years. So, I mean, yeah, it was really cool. My first job my whole life was working in Yellowstone Park. But Haskell Elder told me a story one time. He goes, man, Teddy goes, we'd pick a bear up like that a habituated bear that was, you know, causing trouble. Like people are feeding bears, you know, hot dogs out of their cars, and then they bitch because the bears, you know, scratch their paint. But they would pick a habituated bear up from Bear Alley somewhere along through here and take him to the northeast entry road out up there by Silvergate and Cook City, about as far out of the park as you could possibly get, and go up some back dirt road another 15 miles and kick this bear out of the back of that, tr- you know, this bear tube. They got these tubes, trailers, they haul these bears around him. Kick him out of the back of that deal, and they would drive back, and then they'd fight the traffic coming back through. They'd get back over to the Old Faithful area, and that bear would beat them back to that spot. He'd come back over there, and then that bear would go cross-country and not have to fight the traffic and not have to fight all this stuff and everything else. That bear would beat them back to Old Faithful. He said he couldn't believe it. And then finally, they'd, you know, they'd have to kill it. Yeah, it, it was just insanity, but all that finally ended. They got rid of the dumps. There was dumps inside Yellowstone Park over by the canyon area. People would go over there. There was dump over there by Old Faithful. People would do the same thing. They'd get in their cars and go out there and turn on the lights and watch all the bears eat the garbage at night. And it was just insanity. And, and thank God the park stopped it because it was just out of control. I mean, you couldn't imagine how many people would get hurt or injured today if uh, if they still allowed feeding in the park. So there's a couple great pictures in the guidebook about three little cubs standing on the side of their, they're on their hind legs. They can barely get their heads into the window of a car. And there's some guy feeding them a sandwich right there. It was, it was absolutely nuts. So, all right. So once you jump back on the road, about a mile and a half, two miles down the road from where you jump back on past the fire hole cascade, you're going to come to Fountain Flat Drive. Once you reach Fountain Flat Drive, you want to pull in here and stop. As anybody has listened to me in the past, I am not a fan of using any picnic area in Yellowstone Park. I mean, because you don't have to use those picnic areas and share them with a bunch of strangers. I mean, you can just drive along and go, man, that place looks really pretty. There's a nice grassy bank right there along the river or something like that. And pull over and throw a blanket down and have a picnic lunch anywhere you want. So anyway, there's some really cool things to see along this Fountain Flat Drive. And in the guidebook, I've got all these listed out for you guys. Like I tell you where you can find the only headstone of a woman buried in Yellowstone National Park uh, is right here in this little area. And then you go on down the road a little bit. And I mean, this is a fabulous place. This is probably the spot all summer long where you can see bison and uh, roaming around in their natural habitat. And, uh, and in the spring, you'll see these little red dog calves running around everywhere. And uh, yeah, this is a really remarkably beautiful spot that a lot of people just drive right past because, you know, they're just bombing to get to Old Faithful and go watch Old Faithful go off. But a spot like spots like this that I think make Yellowstone Park truly special because, you know, you just go down here and the road kind of dead ends down there. But there's some really interesting things to see as you drive along down through here and it's a great launching point to get to fairy falls and imperial geyser and things like that and all of that stuff is listed in the guidebook for you guys calves of bison are just red they're just they're all their hair is red they're called red dog calves and they're all running around freaking out and playing with each other all through and down down through here it's it's a really really cool spot through here continuing on up the road a little bit and uh, you're gonna see maiden's grave spring off to your right, right, sitting right next to the Firehole River right there. I told you at the start of this podcast, there'll be some really interesting stories about people almost dying on this one. And so here's here's your first near-death story. All right, in October of 2021, 
there was a uh, a lady parked over here, kind of checking out Maiden's Grave Spring and all that stuff, and and had her little dog out of the car, and the little dog was not on a leash. Here's a, here's a reason why dogs are not allowed off leashes in Yellowstone Park. One of the many reasons. So she's out there checking it all out and everything else. Well, that dog goes over there, and those dogs don't know that water's hot. I don't know. Her dog falls in this spring, and is just freaking out because this is one of the hotter springs around it's well over 200 degrees fahrenheit you know it's got an old janky fence around it and everything else but it's not going to keep a dog out it's going to kind of bring your attention that it's there for so people don't walk into it off their car you know walking down to look at the river something like that but it's definitely not going to keep a dog out well her dog gets somehow falls into that spring and she just loses her mind and she's there with her father and so she jumps in the spring to get the dog out. She obviously doesn't know how these springs are. Of course, she starts going crazy. The dog just instantly dies, and she gets pulled out of the spring by her father, and she has third-degree burns over her entire body. You, you guys can look this up. It's easy to Google up, and it shows a picture of her on her inner hospital bed, and, I mean, she is in bad, B-A-D, bad shape. She's just got bandages all over her, third degree burns of her whole body, tubes coming out of her nose and everything else. I don't know if she, she lived or died. I think she lived, but... God, what an, an absolute awful thing to have happen. But uh, yeah, so she jumps in there to get her dog out because her dog got in there somehow. And and uh, yeah, that is Maiden's Grave Spring and the damn near claim to the life of another woman right there, uh, not far from the, the grave right up the road that we just talked about. So, But if you'll continue on down to the dead end of this road, and, and remember, we're, we're just kind of, we're covering everything there is to see from Madison Junction to Old Faithful. You know, we're, this is not geyser day. This is the this section of road between Madison Junction and Old Faithful and all the fun stuff to do along this road. And there are some really cool things to do at the very dead end of this road. This is kind of a dead end road. And you go back out to the main park road. The dead end road, there are three really good places to do some short day hikes through here. And I, of course, cover these in depth in the guidebook and the hiking chapter in the guidebook. So I'm not going to get too in-depth about them in here, but I'll kind of gloss over them for you guys real quick. The The first one is the Sentinel Meadows Trail, and you'll park at the end of the road down there and walk about two blocks, and you'll see this wooden bridge and a real cool Ojo Caliente spring off to your right right there on the Firehole River as it kind of swings underneath the bridge right there. But the Sentinel Meadows Trail is one of my favorite spring hikes, and you go back through there, and it got a, these little domes that have bub bubbled up from the mantle or pushed up through there, and they're kind of cool looking, and some neat trees and a pretty little valley right through there. Then you go up to this place called the Queen's Laundry, which is a guy just falling down a bunch of logs now, but that was a place set up for Queen Elizabeth back at the turn of the century in the 19, early 1900s to come and bathe in a hot pot. Okay, you can't do that now, but anyway, you can see that. And then uh, you can also go from that bridge up to Fairy Falls. And this is the way I like to go to Fairy Falls. Because if you start, and again, this is all in the guidebook, if you start at the actual Fairy Falls parking lot to get to Fairy Falls, you're going to be walking on that trail with hundreds, if not a thousand people. I've seen people pushing strollers on that thing, you know, changing diapers and kids crying and all this kind of stuff. If you start down here and walk up to Fairy Falls this way, it's about another 15-minute walk, you'll be walking with me because I don't, I don't know why, you know, because people just don't know that you can get to Fairy Falls from there. And it's a prettier walk. You're cutting through these beautiful pools and you get over there and you go, you get, get you real close to Imperial Geyser. There's a great picture of Imperial Geyser, which is a seldom seen geyser, great geyser in Yellowstone Park. And, uh, but this is the trail you can get to on the way to Fairy Falls because you're right by Imperial Geyser. Then also, from back in the bridge, I describe in the guidebook how you can get to an area called the River Group, which has some really cool geysers pouring right into the river right there. There was a story about this girl, a park employee that got killed over there. They were all drunk and high and screwing around over there. And uh, I picked up a kid one day. I was going into the park. It was just pouring down rain. I kind of just remember this. I'm going to throw this story in here real quick. He was right inside the gate, right inside the west entrance gate. And I pulled in there. I mean, it is just pouring out. 
And he's just standing out there in the rain with his thumb in the air. And everybody's just driving right by him. I was by myself. I pulled over there and picked him up. And the kid was from London. He was uh, had come over from London to work in the park all summer. And he was with that group of kids that night when she got killed. And he had been up to this ceremony they had for her up in Bozeman. All the park employees that could get off work that day were up there in Bozeman. He had caught a ride with somebody, and then they bailed on him on the way back. And I can't remember the whole story, but I picked him up. Great kid. Lived right over by Hyde Park, which is one of the more elite neighborhoods in London. I mean, Hyde Park's one of my favorite places in London. And, you know, he said, I grew up playing as a kid out there in Hyde Park. So, man, I'm in Hyde Park a dozen times. It's killer. So he's a great kid. I gave him all the, a ride all the way up to his little lodge up at Old Faithful. And But, yeah, he was there when that girl fell in that hot spring. But, yeah, that uh, there's uh, some great hikes from this little area area and this is a great starting point for a bike ride in Yellowstone Park. There's not many places to ride bikes in Yellowstone Park, but I've got a chapter in the guidebook devoted strictly to riding a road bike or a mountain bike in Yellowstone Park and where you can do that also Grand Teton and also outside of Yellowstone Park. So I'm kind of a cyclist, so I get I get in depth and I've got a full chapter devoted to riding bikes where you can rent them. And I tell you everywhere you can rent them up at Old Faithful and throw them in your trunk of your car and go do the Bunsen Peak. Osprey Falls deal. That's just unreal. That's that's my the top bicycle tour in Yellowstone Park. And again, I cover all that in the guidebook as well. But uh, uh, all these hikes are listed in depth in the guidebook for you guys so you guys can see pictures of them. And then we've also shot video of these that you get when you buy a guidebook. You get access to that uh, private YouTube page. So you can see what these hike, hikes look like and how pretty they are. And all right, so that kind of covers everything at Firehole Flat Drive for you guys to see. I don't care what time of year it is, you guys. You guys are going to always see bison hanging out right through here. And in the springtime, it's always a great place to see those little red dog calves running around and bouncing around off the ground. They're over there fighting with each other, you know, getting going like they've got horns on and all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. It's a great place to see those little red dog calves up close. And, and nobody's in a hurry on this road because it's a dead-end road, so you don't have to worry about cars zooming by you and all that kind of stuff. It's a... It's a nice little pull-off right through here at that Fountain Flat Drive. All right, so you're going to head back out to the main park road and, of course, turn right again and go south. And you're pretty quickly, you're going to cross over the Nez Perce Creek. There's nothing to see right through here. But as the road gets past Nez Perce Creek, it kind of crests up and tops over this hill. And way off in the distance, you're going to see the first geyser basin, which is called the Lower Geyser, geyser Basin. But it's mainly called Fountain Pink Pots. Now, that's just an okay geyser area, but this view across the Firehole Flat Valley right through there with the steam coming off in the distance and there's usually bison out there walking around and everything else. It looks to me like how time began. It was I was my next big stop when I was doing tours in the park because it, you get your first glimpse of the first geyser basin. Great view across there. It, it's, it's really cool. And in the old lore of Yellowstone Park, it's called Hell's Half Acre. And you can easily see why. There's a series of pullouts on the right down through there, four or five pullouts on the right. You get, when you see one you like and get a good view with some bison in there or something like that, just pull over and get a picture right there. And early in the morning, there'll be steam rising up off the ground and everything else. It, it's a really cool spot, especially early in the springtime. So, All right, as you keep going up the road and get to the fountain paint pots, the road will crest a little hill again, and it'll kind of go off to the right, and you'll see start to see the parking lot and some of the boardwalks off to your right and you'll see the first big blue spring off to your right and that spring is called Silex Spring and there is another really interesting story about a gentleman and his dog and Silex Spring but that story is in the guidebook and that story does not end well and so I won't go into it here because it's in the guidebook for you guys. And after you read that story, you'll then realize and combine with the last story back there about the lady jumping in after her little dog back there, you'll realize why dogs aren't allowed anywhere in Yellowstone or Grand Teton National Parks. And not only because they get, get you and them in trouble, it's also because they carry diseases and things that they've been long immune to, but some of the animals in the park may not be. 
But in the hiking chapter of the guidebook, we list all of the hikes you can take your dog on with you because we take our little dog hiking all the time. And there are a number of really great hikes that you can take your dog on and they're all listed in the hiking chapter in the guidebook for you guys. And Silex Spring is part of the Fountain Paint Pot area. And now Fountain Paint Pot's area all in itself is not that great. Silex Springs beautiful. You can walk up and they've got a really nice cool paint pot right past Silex Springs. And it takes about, gosh, less than 10 minutes to walk this whole area. And pretty soon you'll be back out at your car. So just jump on the boardwalk and walk around there and do it all and then hop back in the car. And so, and uh, continue heading south. And the first thing, you next thing you're going to come to is Firehole Lake Drive on your left. And Firehole Lake Drive's got some cool stuff. So you guys want to do Firehole Lake Drive. And Firehole Lake Drive is another one-way loop road, and it's going to dump you right back up the road again, back up at, right across from the Fountain Paint Pots parking lot again. But it's all right. It's a little loop road. It only takes about 15, 20 minutes to do. But there's a great hike back here as well. So we'll do that Firehole Lake Drive. There's a couple nice pools up there. Firehole Lake Drive is also home to Great Fountain Geyser. And Great Fountain Geyser is predictable. They may have times for it up uh, on your Geyser app or up at the Old Faithful Visitor Center. So if you can catch Great Fountain, catch it. Great Fountain's badass. Even when it's not erupting, if you're there in the evening sometimes, there's a great picture, an evening shot of the Great Fountain, the guidebook. Great Fountain, even not erupting, uh, and then evening shot with the sun setting across the pools of Great Fountain, graced the cover of the park map for decades. Up until the late 70s or 80s, I bet for 30 or 40 years, Great Fountain was the cover shot for the Yellowstone Park map they hand you when you go through the gate. Great Fountain's got it going on, but if you can catch Great Fountain erupting, it's unreal. You can get sprayed with water and everything else. That thing's sitting right there. You're only, like the I say this a million times over, the problem with Old Faithful is you're too far away from it. You're 250, 300 feet away from the cone. I mean, you're 25 or 30 feet away from the cone of Great Fountain. That thing shoots off 80 feet in the air. It's badass. I mean, your feet are getting wet with everything else when it goes off. It's unreal. I'll tell you another funny story about Great Fountain. Yes. <laughs> I swear, every time I see Great Fountain guys go off, there's this old lady. The road goes right next to it. I mean, you can sit there and watch Great Fountain from your car if you want to. But at the kind of the end of the parking lot right there, Every time I've seen Great Fountain, I've seen Great Fountain go off probably 50 times. And 50 times, there has been this old lady, and she parks in this old janky truck with this, this camper shell on the back of it. It looks like she lives out of there. looks like the thing was built in World War II. She'll go back there, and she'll go back toward that camper shell, pull out some folding chair that came from Walmart in 1970, and sit out there and watch Great Fountain erupt. I don't know how she knows when it goes off every time, but she does, and she's there every time. I never see her anywhere else. I never see her at Old Faithful, Grand, Beehive, Daisy, Riverside, anywhere else, but she is there at Great Fountain constantly. I've waved at her, and she waves back, and then just kind of spins her chair around to the right so she doesn't have to deal with anybody, and she's just an old cranky old lady, man. You know, she's wearing these same old clothes, look like she's wearing the same clothes that I saw her in, you know, three weeks before when I saw a great fountain erupt. And it's like, God, you know what? She is always there. So you guys see the old lady at Great Fountain go over there and say hi to her or something like that. Or send your kids over there to her to hassle her or something like that. But she is there every single time I've seen that thing erupt. It's nuts. So another thing you can do from Great Fountain is go visit the Five Sister Spring area. And the Five Sister Spring area, the details about how to get back to it are all in the guidebook. But uh, this is one of the uh, four hikes to kind of a secret backcountry geyser basin and uh, was one of the impetuses for me to write the guidebook in the first place. It's really cool. It goes back, it's only about a 10-minute walk to get back to Five Sister Springs. And I'm not going to get into it too much in here, but you get back there and you can see some gorgeous pools some of the prettiest pools in the park in this one little small area. It's about half the size of a football field, and you can kind of sit up on this hill and look down at all these things. But the Five Sister Springs area, which is described in the guidebook, is one of the best uh, geyser areas in the park. But if you guys get back there and want to do a quick little hike back there to the Five Sister Springs area, I tell you how to do it in the guidebook. So from Great Fountain, you can look back across where the road goes down there, and you'll see this huge white cone sticking out of the ground about 18 or 20 feet in the air and that is called white dome 
And white dome goes off about every 20 minutes. And it shoots water about 20 feet in the air for two or three minutes. It's pretty cool. You can put your car right up next to white dome. I mean, you're sitting there literally 20 feet from the dang thing. And you can sit there and watch white dome go off. It'll, it'll go off every 20 or 30 minutes, so it's easy to catch. And then uh, swing on up, and there's a bunch of little pools and geysers all up and down through the road up here. And then finally, you get to Firehole Lake Drive, you know, the namesake item on this this area for for this drive. It's called Firehole Lake Drive for a reason, because you get up there to Firehole Lake. And Firehole Lake's really pretty. It's really, really interesting. And uh, they had a really interesting spot there. It's not there anymore. I don't know why they took it out, but it was called the Three Senses Nature Trail. And it kind of backed up to the north side of the parking lot over there. And what you did was you kind of started this little trail and they had a rope and it kind of went from spot to spot to spot. And then when it had a knot on the rope, you're supposed to have your eyes closed as you held onto this rope and walked along this trail. And when you came to a knot in the rope, you were supposed to figure out what was in front of you without opening your eyes. And there was like a, a hot pool right there and it kind of, you could feel the heat coming off of it. And then you kind of went and you opened your eyes and see if you're correct. Then you closed your eyes again and went up on the trail a little further and went around a corner and then you know you, you could hear something gurgling and it was like a little mud pot there right in front of you and kind of figure out what it was without opening your eyes. It was really, really cool. I, I, I don't know why they took it out. But if you guys want to do that, you can walk up in those trees right there on the north side of the parking lot and basically find the old trail and do that for yourselves. But anyway, and Firehole Lake in itself is really, really fascinating. It's it's literally a small lake, and it's just got geysers in it, shooting water five, ten feet in the air constantly, just nonstop through there. And uh, it's it's a beautiful deal. So as, you, as the road kind of hooks back around and you start heading due west like you're leaving, uh, in the guidebook, I tell the really, really sad story about how a uh, group of kids were harassing a bison and then a bystander comes by with his family and ends up getting killed and, and I'm not going to get in depth it here because it's very very sad story and it really 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 pisses me off but just like the Silex Spring story it's in the guidebook so I'm not going to cover it here and so Firehole Lake's a beautiful area and it's worth seeing and this entire drive is really pretty and it dumps you right back out on the main road over there So anyway, all right, so you're leaving Firehole Lake, and you're going to continue straight west. There's nothing to see after Firehole Lake. And then, like I said before, it's going to dump you right back out on the main park road, right over there by Silex Spring again. And this time, you're going to turn left and go south again. So pretty quick, you're going to go uh, past Whiskey Flats, which will be on your left. And again, it's just this nondescript, I don't know why anybody would pull in there, picnic area on the left is just terrible and uh, I think I've pulled in whiskey flats twice in the 5,000 times I've been in Yellowstone Park and that was probably to turn around because there's a bear back behind me or something and then you're going to start seeing cars just stacked up on the right and the left side of the road and they are trying to go see Grand Prismatic from the Midway Geyser Basin parking area and you never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever want to park here to go see Grand Prismatic. All you can see from the boardwalks that this parking lot gets you to is the very edge of Grand Prismatic. And all you can see is steam. I don't care how warm it is, all you're going to see is steam. Don't ever park here. Even on a warm day, the Grand Prismatic is so hot, it puts up so much steam, you can't see anything from the edge. Don't never ever park at Midway Geyser Basin to see Grand Prismatic or anything else in there. Just never use this whole, whole area, this Midway Geyser Basin, or home to Grand Prismatic. Don't ever stop there, ever, on any trip to Yellowstone Park. All right, so continuing on up the road, though, you do want to stop at Fairy Falls parking lot to see Grand Prismatic. That is where you go to see Grand Prismatic. About two miles down the road, you're going to see the Fairy Falls parking lot on your right. And this, this parking lot has been increased in size three or four times in the last three or four years because this is where everybody 
stops or everybody that knows what they're doing stops to go see Grand Prismatic. Remember, I told you how I get to Ferry Falls, and that's from the end of the fire hole flat drive back down there. That's a better way to get to Ferry Falls where you're walking with one or two or five people versus 100 or 200 or 500 or 1,000 people to get to Ferry Falls. And so we're not going to get to Ferry Falls, but we are going to get to Grand Prismatic. Ferry Falls parking lot equals Grand Prismatic. Just remember that. So walk across the old metal bridge, and again, you're going to be on the original park road through here, and you're going to walk about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes at the most, and Grand Prismatic will kind of appear eye level on your right over there, and you'll see all the water pouring across and, and the, the bacterial mat and everything towards you. And then all of a sudden, you'll see a spur trail that goes up to the left, and it gets where everybody's walking. You head up this spur trail, and it gets up to this fabulous big viewing platform that gets you about 200 feet in the air where you can look right down into Grand Prismatic and see all the magnificent colors. This is where you see Grand Prismatic. There's a great video on our YouTube page. All this stuff is, of course, in the guidebook. It, this is the spot to see Grand Prismatic. Although you can see the boardwalk kind of meandering along the backside of Grand Prismatic are where all those suckers parked over there to go see Grand Prismatic, and they can't see crap. This is where you see Grand Prismatic. And what happened was we used to walk along here before this platform got built, God, you know, for 50 years, this thing's only a few years old, 55 years, we used to walk along this the old park road right here, and then we would just dive off into the trees, and we would go up that hill, and the further you went up that hill, you know, working your way up a bunch of trees, and then jumping over fallen logs, and na-na-na-na-na, get up there, and you'd find a good spot, and we would always have our favorite spots, and we would look down and see Grand Prismatic. Well, lo and behold, you know, other people would see us locals doing that, and so they would follow us up there. You know, great view of Grand Prismatic. Well, lo and behold, I guess in 2019, an Asian tourist went up there, and the wind always comes up after lunch in, in Yellowstone Park, almost every day, in the in the afternoons. Asian tourist was up there taking pictures of Grand Prismatic. The wind comes up, and a tree falls and hits him in the head and kills him. So they closed the trail for a couple of years, but they built this big, beautiful viewing platform and the trails up there to it in honor of his demise. So, But it is the place to see Grand Prismatic from. It, it's really well done, and it, you know they kind of follow the lead of all the locals for you know, 50 or 80 years that we're going up there and looking at Grand Prismatic from up there for all that time. And now they've got this killer viewing platform up there. It's really, really nice. So, And just a FYI, probably one of my favorite hikes in all of Yellowstone Park. And one of the main reasons I wrote the guidebook in the first place is right back up the road from Ferry Falls. And in the guidebook, I tell you where you need to park, how to find the trail, and how to get back to this absolutely marvelous area that I found, God, about 25 years ago. Let me tell you the story about how I found this place, man. I'd been in the park thousands of times, and I didn't know this place was back there. I was flying out of the West Yellowstone Airport on the last flight of the year, and the pilot came on there. There's only about five or six of us on the airplane, and he goes, who wants to fly over Yellowstone Park? And he goes, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'm going to do it. It's my last flight for Delta Airlines, and they can't fire me. So it's like, all right, let's do it. So he flies over Grand Prismatic. And so everybody's on the right-hand side of the plane. I just happened to be sitting on the left-hand side of the plane. And I looked out, and I saw down below me what I considered the most beautiful pools in all of Yellowstone Park. And I go, wow, look at that. And everybody else is over on the right-hand side of the plane looking at Grand Prismatic. And so the next year, I figured out a way to get back there. And there's a creek that flows through there called Rabbit Creek. So I started calling this area that I found after that flight the Rabbit Creek Geyser Basin. And I tell you guys how to get back there. It is a fabulous, beautiful area that you're going to have all to yourself. You guys got to think about it. There's going to be... 5,000 people walking over to by for the Ferry Falls parking lot to go see Grand Prismatic from there or walking to Ferry Falls. There's going to be another 5,000 or 10,000 people over at the main parking lot that you never want to use to go see Grand Prismatic from the Midway Basin. There'll be 15,000 people around you, a couple blocks away. And you're going to be back here standing next to the third largest pool on earth, and you're going to be the only person back there just because you bought my guidebook. 
And it's fantastic. It's a great area. And that's just the beginning of this area. There's mud pots and multiple pools. And we've had a number of you guys go back there and send us pictures. Hell, it was the highlight of your Yellowstone vacation. We've had a guy propose to his wife back there. Man, I'm telling you, this is a great spot. And I tell you how to get back there in the guidebook. Everything you need to know is in the guidebook to get back there. The next thing past the Ferry Falls parking lot as you continue heading south is the Biscuit Basin parking lot, which will be on your right. Now this area, before we get to Biscuit Basin, from the Ferry Falls parking lot to Biscuit Basin's about a mile, maybe a mile and a quarter. And remember I kind of told you guys this used to be Bear Alley. Well, lo and behold, in 2022, a little bear started showing up through here, and somehow, someway, this bear is very, very small, and she had a little cub. And so this little bear and this tiny, pint-sized cub had starting to appear along this section of road. I would see her about a third of the time I would go through there, and they'd have a park ranger out there making sure nobody got too close to everything else, but I started to see bears back along this section of road, and it was in the form of this little bear who had even a smaller, pint-sized, cute-as-a-button little cub. So from that Fairy Falls to the Biscuit Basin, keep your eyes peeled through here, especially on the right, as she always seemed to hang out in that grass over there with that little little cub. I mean, that grass is so tall you could hardly see the cub. It was really cute. But uh, this is a, a spot where a bear has started to appear when I hadn't seen one in, in 25 or 30 years through here. So keep your eye open for her on your way to Biscuit Basin. All right, 99% of everybody that visits Biscuit Basin just gets out of their car, they walk across this wooden bridge, and they go walk around the little loop trail at Biscuit Basin. There's two or three decent hot pools to see right through there, and a little geyser erupts every blue moon on the left side of the trail up there. But it's about a five out of, out of 10. I mean, you know, you want to go to Old Faithful, you're real close to Old Faithful and Grand, and those things are 10 times better than anything here. But in the guidebook, I cover three really cool things that you can do from Biscuit Basin. So I'm going to kind of gloss over them here because they're in the guidebook. I'll just keep repeating myself the stuff that's in the guidebook. But the first thing you can do is it's a great swimming area for people that have little kids. And like say if the fire hole hadn't opened yet or if you don't want to go mess with all the people because they'll be you know, on a warm day in July and August, there'll be a thousand people at that fire hole swimming area. It's just mobbed with people. It's a, you know, remember in the guidebook, I cover everywhere you can, you can swim anytime the park's open, from the day the park opens till the day it closes at some great areas and have them all to yourself. And this is kind of one of them, but there's a spot right there that is real shallow. It's real slow moving. And if you've got even little toddlers, I mean, you're talking like a little baby, you can put them down in the water. I've seen people do this. I'll pull a diaper off a kid, sit him down in there, step back and take a picture because the water is just kind of going around him. He's sitting there playing with all the stuff in the water and everything else. So there's a great place for, for, for people to swim that have little kids. And there's a hot pot on the other side of the river. And I'll tell you how to access that hot pot safely so you don't get in any trouble getting to it. But there's a hot pot. You'll see people hot potting on the opposite side of the river right there. And the next thing you can do from the the Biscuit Basin parking lot is access Mystic Falls. And Mystic Falls has got it going on. It's one of my favorite hikes in the park, and I cover that in the hiking section, and I also cover it in the hot potting section, because there is a killer hot pot at the base of Mystic Falls. If you'll go to our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group, or our website, kind of thumb through there, you'll see a couple pictures of people that have gotten back up there, and they're swimming in the, the base of Mystic Falls, and there's a great picture in the guidebook of a family swimming in this little hot pot at the base of Mystic Falls. So Mystic Falls got it going on, and in the guidebook, I tell you everything you need, how to get to it and get on the right trail and everything else. And the third thing you can do from the Biscuit Basin area that's in the guidebook is you walk across the street, and you're going to see this sign that says Artemisia on it. And this actually takes you by some really cool pools and goes by Artemisia Geyser. And Artemisia Geyser is goes off about once a day. You have to get lucky to catch it, and they do not have predicted times for it. But in the guidebook, I tell you how to look for 
what's going to tell you that Artemisia is going to erupt so you can see that. And Artemisia is badass. And basically, you're on the old park road through here. This is where they used to drive old Model T cars up through. That's just all janked out now. But you can find some chunks of asphalt here and there. But there's some beautiful pools up going through there. And they're all listed in the guidebook. And then it gets you to Riverside and uh, Morning Glory Pool and Grotto at about the same distance that it is if you parked up at the Old Faithful Inn where I tell you guys to park and walk from there. It's about the same distance either direction, except as opposed to walking with 500 or 1,000 people on the walkways getting down to see Morning Glory Pool or down to see Riverside go off, coming from the Biscuit Basin parking lot walking that direction that I tell you guys about in the guidebook, you're going to be walking with me and about three or four other people. And I would much, and you're walking right through the trees and occasionally there's a couple of bears that hang out through there. So yeah, it's a much prettier, much nicer walk. Plus you might catch Artemisia. Plus you get to see all these other pools. It's much better way to access the northern end of the basin. And in the back of the guidebook, the map we have provided for you guys in the back of the guidebook of the Old Faithful area is the complete map. You know, Old Faithful's on the south end, and Riverside and Morning Glory Pool are at the north end, and there's about a, about a mile gap between those two things. And that's where the map stops that they give you at the visitor center. But in the back of the guidebook, I've found a much better map that shows the Old Faithful area all the way to Biscuit Basin, and there's a spur trail that hardly anybody knows about that leads from Daisy Geyser and you can walk over to Black Sand Basin, which is the next stop right up the road, but you can walk to it from Daisy Geyser. So the map in the guidebook's tons better. So I use Biscuit Basin to do a lot more stuff than just walk at Biscuit Basin. I care less about seeing Biscuit Basin, but I use Biscuit Basin to access some really cool stuff, and all of that stuff's in the guidebook how to do it all. Right down the road from Biscuit is Black Sand Basin. It's headlined by Cliff Geyser. And Cliff Geyser is right there on the road. I mean, you can see when you pull up, it takes you longer to park than it does to walk around everything in Black Sand Basin. We did a good video of Cliff Geyser, but it shoots its hot water right into the Firehole Junior, I'll call it, right through there. But Cliff Geyser's got it going on and everything else. And then, you know, go through Black Sand Basin, takes 10 minutes to see the whole thing. And then uh, before you know it, you're going to be at the exit, go to Old Faithful. And remember, when you pull into the Old Faithful area, you never park at the main geyser parking lot like everybody else. You park at the end parking lot. So when you get off the main exit, pull in there, go over the over the on bridge over the main park road, get in the far left lane and park at the end. And never everybody sees the sign says main geyser parking with an arrow pointing straight ahead. And everybody goes up there. That parking lot rivals those of Disneyland. Park at the inn. You're going to swing in there and go through there. You'll see a real cool pool off to your right. Then you'll see the, a gas station on your right if you need gas or anything else. And they just redid the bathrooms on that gas station. And that gas station has sparkling clean toilets and stuff like that. And if your wife or your girlfriend or your kids have used a few of those pit toilets along the way on your Yellowstone vacation, a nice, clean, sparkling, clean bathroom is a welcome sight and uh, you will be a hero uh, if you keep uh, those kids and your, uh, and your wife out of a pit toilet, I promise you. I mean, that gas station's got some nice restrooms on the side of it over there. Right next door to the gas station is the Hamilton store. And uh, that Hamilton store, all these Hamilton stores in the park are, they're well stocked for, for picnic stuff, beer, wine, booze, sandwiches, burritos, great hamburgers and hot dogs if you want to sit there and wait getting something to go. Everything you need for a great picnic lunch is available at those Hamilton stores and you can go, like I said, post up anywhere you want on a stream or a river and picnic it up. Those Hamilton stores all have it going on. Old man Hamilton used to live next door to us over on Henry's Lake. Him and my old man used to go fishing all the time. He's a great guy. And old man Hamilton was kind of an odd duck. He was really a fun guy. And his main office that he ran his entire operation for all his Hamilton stores inside Yellowstone National Park was on the second floor of this building. And in the guidebook, I tell you how you can access the Million Dollar Room. And it's really cool about how you go about doing it and all that stuff. And, and I got a picture in the guidebook of it. But yeah, he literally has a million dollars worth of, I guess they're Confederate bills. They're kind of yellow looking. 
all over the walls, the ceiling. I think the lampshade's got these things on it, the whole nine yards. There's a great picture in the guidebook, but I kind of tell you guys how to access the million-dollar room in the guidebook so you can see old man Hamilton's uh, million bucks on the walls. When he walked in his office, he saw a million dollars every day walked in there. So he was a really cool guy, He's a great fisherman, too. Him and my dad used to go fishing every evening out there on Lake Henry's. From here, you know, you're going to drive on up, and then there's the inn right in front of you, the iconic uh, Old Faithful Inn, which is not to be missed. It's it's the, the coolest thing in the area. Besides watching Grand Geyser go off, I think it's better than watching Old Faithful go off to go into the inn right there. It's top-notch, man. It's really cool. In the guidebook, I tell you guys where you need to park so you guys can have the easiest access to the inn and... Just in case you guys get some crappy weather or something like that, or it's raining or it's snowing, uh, the place I tell you guys to park, you can sit there and watch Old Faithful go off from the comfort of your car like you're watching a drive-in movie theater. I promise you, it's my favorite parking spot, man, so, you know, don't take it. <laughs> Once you guys are parked, go into the inn, go through the iconic red doors, and go inside and look at that place. That place is on the National Historic Registry for a reason. It is unbelievable. Built in the turn of the century with horses and pulleys. You go in there and look up, and it's just like, oh, my God. And then look at that rock fireplace. There's rocks on there as big as, as a Volkswagen. And they built that thing with horses and pulleys back in the day, that huge rock fireplace. And right behind that rock fireplace is the coolest bar in the United States, the Bear Pit Bar. That Bear Pit Bar has got it going on, you guys. At the end of your day or whatever, go in there and go to that Bear Pit Bar and sit down. They've got the wood posts have are etched in with, with designs and stuff in them. But behind the bar, there's these glass panels. They're about five by five or six by six of these animals playing tricks on each other, and they were carved or by hand in the in the 1900s at the in the turn of the century. It's unreal, and they're all lit up, and it's like a big a moose is spraying seltzer water on a wolf because he's trying to pick up his girlfriend. They're playing poker, and the next one tells another story, and the next one tells another story. There's about seven or eight of them are, are down across through there. It is a killer bar. I think it's the coolest bar in the United States. It has really got it going on, and that's the Bear Pit Bar. You can grab a drink at the Bear Pit bar and if old faithful's getting ready to go off walk over by where the you get people check in if they're going to stay at the old faithful inn and there's a staircase just to the right if you're looking at the the check-in area go up that staircase and it zigzags up a little bit and that walks you out then you can go outside above the drop-off area and there's these huge couch you know kind of outdoor couches and stuff set out there you can sit there and watch old faithful go off up there with a cocktail in your hand that is where all of the presidents who visit Yellowstone Park watch Old Faithful go off is from that upper platform up there and you can sit up there with a drink in your hand and watch Old Faithful go off off in the distance. It's really cool. So yeah, that Old Faithful Inn is just not to be missed. It's, it's really, really got it going on. So all right, we're basically closing this podcast down. So here's where the podcast stops. We have made it from Madison Junction down to Old Faithful. And so the podcast now ends, and this is where you pick up the guidebook, and the guidebook now tells you everything you need to know about how to work the geyser basin, where to go get the predicted times, where all the geysers are. You can refer to the map in the back, and I tell you when to get to each geyser, and basically you spend the entire day in the geyser basin, and I tell you which geysers are your priority and which ones aren't, and then some interesting things to see in the geyser basin that you would normally just walk right past. So the podcast ends the guidebook now takes over. This podcast basically covered the road from Madison Junction down to Old Faithful and some fun stuff to see along the way and all the other things that we talked about that are important along that section of road are in the guidebook and I just threw in some real funny stories for you guys. So, And there's of course more stories in the guidebook as well. So so let me give you an example about what is in the guidebook that is, of course, not covered in the podcast. And it's like we'll talk about Old Faithful. Everybody wants to go see Old Faithful go off. But there's about twenty-five or 30,000 people that watch Old Faithful go off every time it erupts in the busy months of July and August. But in the guidebook, I tell you a place you can watch Old Faithful go off 
that puts you almost 100 feet closer to the cone, and it has a great view. I know which way the wind always blows, and there's very rarely anybody over there. Every time I go watch Old Faithful go off, I watch it from this spot that I've listed for you guys in the guidebook, and every time I sit down over there and watch Old Faithful go off, I get about four or five of you guys sitting over there, maybe more than that. Somebody's got a guidebook in their hand, and they go, hey, man, <laughs> thanks for the tip. I mean, you guys, I've watched Old Faithful erupt close to a thousand times. I know where to watch Old Faithful erupt from, and it is not from the main boardwalk with all those other people standing shoulder to shoulder who are simply holding their phone up in the air so they can watch it erupt on their phone later because all they can see is the back of everybody's heads. I get you to a spot where you can watch Old Faithful erupt a hundred feet closer to the cone, a handful of people, and it's going to be mainly the people that bought the guidebook. That's the stuff that's in the guidebook on top of how to work the geyser basin, how to keep your eye open for beehive, what you're looking for on beehive, how to know when it's getting ready to erupt, and then grand, and where to stand to see castle, and the story about the boy that fell in the pool at Crested Pool as you walk your way over towards Grand Geyser and how to get sprayed with water from a geyser as it erupts that, you know, that water hit the ground 400 years ago as rainwater. It's too cool. And it's there's some fantastic stuff in that guidebook that gets you guys to the best of the best in the old faithful geyser basin. And at the end of the day, you won't have missed anything by following the tips in the, in the guidebook about how to work the geyser basin. So, all right, that's it. We have made it to the end of this podcast and you guys, have a great time and it's like I see I practice what I preach you guys I, every time I go into the park I see you guys I see people with guidebooks in their hands somebody will come up and tap me on the shoulder and want to take a picture that's great love seeing you guys in the park and I promise you you will see me there I'll see you guys in Yellowstone Park and I'll see you at the old faithful guys are basically walking around having a great time talk to you later bye bye <laughs>